Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to the Missing Mora Murray podcast. I'm Tim here today with Lance in the Crawl Space Studios. How you doing, Lance? Doing very well. How are you today? I'm doing fine. And uh, we have this uh, this interview with the lovely Christina and Joel. Christina and Joel, currently the owners of the A-Frame House, the notorious A-Frame House in Haverhill, New Hampshire. We just keep having more people on who <laughs> who have been living in this home. Yeah, yeah. So, so now it goes back from uh, Claude Moulton was in that house at the time of Mora's disappearance. Uh, we obviously, well, not, maybe not obviously, but we have not talked with him. Uh, but we did speak with Mike and Sarah, who were living there uh, up until a couple of years ago. And then there were two owners uh, in between Mike and Sarah and Christina and Joel. And we really didn't have much contact with them other than they messaged me and said that they renovated uh, the place. And that was really that was really it. Right. It feels like their primary goal was to go in there, buy it cheap, renovate it and sell it for a profit. So now Christina and Joel, they reached out to us a couple of months ago and asked our advice or I, I guess our opinion on how, what we think about the house. They were looking at it, thinking about buying it. So that's our, where our relationship with them started. And you'll hear in the interview that she says that they bought the house because of well, I shouldn't say that. They made the decision to buy the house after learning about it and speaking with us and, and listening to the podcast and kind of immersing themselves in the case. They, they It was on their radar beforehand, and they did a Google search of things to do in Haverhill, and it came up, the, the infamous A-frame house, and they realized that's the house that they're about to buy. Yeah. So we, the community... And you and I and Maggie and Art really lucked out. We're really fortunate to have these this couple in there being so gracious. Yes, fortunate and grateful to have Christina and Joel in there. And just to give a little background here on the A-Frame house, there was a search back in 2005 where cadaver dogs went, quote, bonkers uh, inside the house. And so that would lead people to believe that there was a cadaver in the house at one point. Not really sure if that's true or not. We know that the dogs hit on that. 
We also know that there was uh, some samples taken from the downstairs closet that were analyzed in a DNA lab for the Oxygen TV show, and it came back that it was positive for human blood. Not one person, but two people's human blood. One was a female. I think the other might have been a male, or maybe we don't know. I don't want to give out uh, false information, but I think we know one was a female. Right. And I'm not sure what else, but they could not get a full profile for either of those people. So the question is, is it Mora? Who could it be? We don't really know, but that's why it's such a great thing that Christina and Joel bought the house and they contacted us and they are letting us and they let Fred Murray, the Murray family, search on the property. I mean, we're talking years of hearing about the A-frame house and what to do with it and what did law enforcement do with any sample, carpet sample or wall sample, blood sample, what did they do, what are the results. We're going on years of trying to analyze and figure out what is going on with the A-frame house because I keep coming back to, and you brought it up, cadaver dogs. Cadaver dogs, unless we were lied to, not lied to, but unless there was misinformation out there, cadaver dogs hit on dead humans. Right. And you have the blood. You have Mike and Sarah performing the luminol test and the luminol lighting up the closet. And you have cadaver dogs. So we have an opportunity to get in there and look at this and and bring in a company that highly reputable company to go in there and help us search. Right. And I wanted to add and and Julie Murray uh, alluded to this on Facebook this week. But the the company that you are speaking of that that donated their services to us. They they actually donated their service to us pro bono. So we are not going to have to pay them f- from the GoFundMe account. Right. That's gracious of them, and it's really good for the case, and it's really good for the people who have donated to the GoFundMe. The money that you've donated, aside from a few expenses, is now available to do other things like billboards or fund other searches or perhaps take blood samples to a DNA lab privately. Allegedly. Allegedly, hypothetically. And we wanted to stress to the people in the area, the people who listen to this, please just respect their privacy. They also have some big intimidating dogs, and they do have surveillance cameras uh, facing the road. So it's not something you want to get involved in. Tim, I've met these dogs. I did a recon a couple of weeks ago to put a face to the voices and the emails and to have a look around myself at uh, at their, you know, they, they, they graciously invited me to do so. And I've seen the dogs. Are they just like snarling with the fangs? I, I mean, drool. I thought they're, they're both rabid. They're both definitely. I'm just kidding. They're, they're protective dogs. Okay, yes. great. Okay, so we just want to put that out there. And uh, so thank you very much to Christina and Joel. And we hope you enjoy the interview. Please follow us on Twitter at Maura Murray Doc. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as well. Thank you very much. Christina and Joel, thank you very much for coming on. Welcome to the Missing Mara Murray podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Uh, so you guys have just purchased the A-frame house. And how did that happen? So we were traveling for the last year, and we decided to move back up to New England after living in North Carolina for the last 11 years. And we were staying in our family's house in Massachusetts, and we decided that we wanted to be up in the New Hampshire area. Neither one of us could agree on a home, and I found the A-frame online not knowing 
the history with the A-frame. There was no outside picture of it. And um, we loved it. We wanted to come see it. And that's how it, that's how it happened. When did you find out the reputation of the A-frame house? And at what point did you make the decision that you wanted to help? Yeah, so basically, um, after we decided to look into purchasing the home, I wanted to see what there was to do around the Haverhill, New Hampshire area. And so what I did was I went onto maps.google.com and, you know, pulled up Haverhill, New Hampshire. And basically the second picture that came up was of the A-frame. And I decided to click on that picture, which brought me to a link that had your podcast embedded about the A-frame itself. And the title of the page was called The Infamous A-frame. And I found out uh, a little later on, he texted me. Um, I was downstairs at my dad's house and said, you need to drop what you're doing and get upstairs now. Um, You need to see this. And so I'm thinking something really bad has happened. So I run upstairs and he starts telling me about the house and we start listening to the podcast and here we are. That's incredible. You were just looking into the area of your potential new home, the town Haverhill, New Hampshire, and Googled, oh, I just wonder what there is to do in Haverhill. And the A-frame's on there. Yep, exactly. It was kind of odd that that the way it happened. What episode? You you, you mentioned that uh, there was something from from our podcast on there. What what episode was that? I'm not sure what episode, but it was where basically you guys were interviewing the previous owners and you know the history behind it. Okay, so so those those are the previous previous owners. Then there was a second couple that owned it for a year or so, and then now there's you guys. And when did you officially sign? We signed on June 8th. That's when we closed on the home. So on June 8th, the home became officially yours, but it was a bit of a bumpy road in the weeks leading up to it. Is that accurate? Yes. Um, So Dole was pretty excited about the house. Um, He follows Reddit quite a bit, and so he didn't ask me anything about the A-frame. Um, not realizing all the controversy that it was going to cause. Um, immediately, someone in the community saw Joel's post and started reaching out to the owners that were selling the home. Um, not only reaching out to them, but also reaching out to their family members. Um, caused quite a bit of issues that could have potentially um, caused us to not close on the home. So we um, took everything down. We got in touch with moderators and everything, they took everything down for us. And then a few weeks later, um, the GoFundMe page came out, and that also started up some more controversy because another same individual in the community reached out again to the current buyer or the current sellers and their family. It was making it extremely difficult for us. They were extremely upset that they were getting these calls. And we ended up almost not closing on this home because of all of the controversy with all the calls. How did that affect you guys? Was that did it have a was there at any time a moment where you thought this isn't going to be worth it? Um, no, I don't. I don't think that thought ever crossed our mind because we we're pretty excited about the house. So we we're going to do everything we could, to, you know, to put that issue to bed. You know, because we really wanted to buy it. And that's when we started. Um, Especially when the GoFundMe campaign came out, which we completely support, we reached out to you guys, and thankfully you guys put some notifications out there saying, Maggie, stating, please do not call, and that kind of calmed everything down on our end. So 
made the, the sellers happy, made the agents happy, and everything settled down, so we were able to move forward with the close. Well, that's good to hear. So, how, how's it been living in the house so far? Great. We love it. Yeah, uneventful, really. Great to hear. Okay. No no odd occurrences? No uh, things going bump in the night? <laughs> no, nothing going bump. Um, we're not very superstitious, and so when we, I mean, I say that, but I've never, you know, have come into potentially ghost or anything like that in my <clears throat> life, so I don't necessarily believe in it. But just for precautionary sakes, uh, we did sage the house when we moved in the first day. I was like, we're just going to do it just, just to be careful. Um, but honestly, we haven't had any issues. The first night, it was kind of weird. Um, it was really, really quiet, so we could hear coyotes out in the distance. It, it was any, you know, you could hear, like, little animals walking through the backyard that night. So it was interesting. But we're not hearing the footsteps on the roof like other people have said they've heard. Um, we don't hear anything in the house at all. Yeah, no ghosts. <laughs> okay, good. How about uh, human curiosity? Absolutely. Um, just for instance, today, Joel ran out to the store, and um, it was around, I don't know, noon, 12.30, and a car got to our first driveway, because we have a circle, like a loop driveway, got to our first driveway, slowed down completely, um, got to the middle where you could see directly into the middle of our house and just stopped and then kind of moved forward again and then took off. Um, we have that pretty much a couple times a day. There is a field across the street from our house where people park and just take a look at the house. Um, but quite a bit you'll see people slowing down and just staring at the house as they drive by. And your house is equipped with security cameras, correct? Yeah, we have uh, six cameras on site with motion detection, so we got the property pretty much covered from any uh, trespassers. Any visitors yet? Um, yeah, so our first weekend here, um, it was Sunday. We had gone out shopping and we came home probably about two three o'clock in the afternoon and i noticed in the field across the street there was a truck thought that was a kind of odd because it was facing directly at our house and then we started unloading our car and next thing you know that truck is pretty much in our driveway the gentleman came over to us and introduced himself as one of fred's friends which i was very skeptical about i did not believe him and he just kept talking to us and that's when the whole GPR scanning came up and kept saying that it was with Fred and the folks who did the Titanic. I didn't believe him. I was very skeptical. I didn't even think that it was one of Fred's friends. I thought it was a local individual coming coming to us. But yeah, that's pretty much been the only person that's come here so far. Okay, so this gentleman came and said he was with Fred. Um, how did you find out that it was Fred? So I was very skeptical. I mean, the guy was here for about an hour and a half, two hours, and he kept saying, you know, here's his number. He said that we could um, call Fred, or if we didn't trust that it was Fred, we could go to the hotel that Fred stays at when he's up in this area and have them verify the number for us. Um, we ultimately ended up calling the number, and as soon as Fred answered, we knew it was Fred. Um, I've watched the, I've seen the news reports, I've seen um, the Oxygen documentary, so I knew as soon as I heard that voice that it was definitely Fred. 
Super nice guy, by the way. Was it confusing at all that they were doing a GPR scan uh, after we had been in contact uh, and communicating about um, the GoFundMe and, and the plans on on our end? Yeah, absolutely. And that was part of the reason why I didn't believe them, because I had been in communication with you guys for several weeks at this point. The GoFundMe campaign was out there, so we were fully aware that the, um, the slab was going to be um, scanned eventually. But then to have this gentleman show up, we were just like, who are you and why is Fred doing this separately? Because our understanding was the family and you folks were all working together. So we were just kind of like taken aback and Joel and I just were like, okay, like we don't believe you. So tell me what Lance's reaction was when you told him about uh, speaking with Fred and his uh, his investigator, because I know Lance was up there a couple days after, and that was the first time we heard about this. Yeah, so um, Lance came up the very next day um, to check out the house in the slab and to meet us, and we we told him immediately, and he was absolutely for it. He thought it was fantastic that the slab was being done, I was not upset at all that it wasn't being done through you guys. He was just happy that somebody was coming in and making sure that it was getting done. And, and that was my reaction, too, um, when, when he called me and told me, um, I think contrary to some people in the community's beliefs, maybe. But, yeah, this is a good thing, actually a great thing, that uh, there is these companies willing to donate their services and there is more than one search going on so we can be extremely detailed. I think the only confusing thing from our perspective was that we you know, ha- hadn't heard about it and we kind of had to ha- hear about it from you guys. And th- so the communication uh, between Fred and, uh, and our efforts was, is the only part that's a little confusing to us. And honestly, I was nervous about telling you because we had already made that commitment to you. Um, but when, once we had spoken to Fred... Um, that conversation with Fred really tore on my heartstrings, and that is what made me make the decision to go with Fred. Um, ultimately, it is his daughter who is missing, and he was getting this service done pro bono by the folks who, at the time, we were told found the Titanic, but we have since found out that the guy that came up was with, um, they found the lost Jamestown colony. But when we found all that out, we just made the decision at that point that we'll have Fred come up and do it, and let you guys know, and we also told Fred that because of the commitment I made with you guys, that you guys were welcome to be there. And it, we left the decision up to you whether or not you folks wanted to be here or not. Well, thanks a lot. Yeah, we, we really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, just from from us and from this community, uh, we're just so grateful that you guys are who you are and uh, you're allowing us and uh, the Murrays and law enforcement to search your property. Absolutely. I mean, anything that we can do, we'll do it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. 
American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Joel wasn't too familiar with the case, whereas I grew up not far from UMass, down in Massachusetts, and so um, I was very familiar with the case, and ironically enough, we were on the road, and I started watching the Oxygen documentary, and got probably three or four episodes in, never saw the house online, so that's why I didn't put two and two together, so I was very familiar with it, so when I heard the name... Um, I definitely knew right away what piece this was. It uh, it kind of made me nervous to go back to when you told us about uh, Fred doing the GPR scan. When you initially told me, you said, so we had a visitor here, and I was just certain you guys were going to tell me that it was uh, these you know certain members of the community that were sort of stalking the house and, and threatening you guys. So it was a relief to hear that. And it is a relief knowing that that scan was done on that concrete slab. And additionally, we have another professional company, another geological surveying company from New York coming up to do more scans, not only at your property, but other properties and other areas in the, uh, in your house. Correct. We're, we're, we're excited about it. I mean, there's definitely some additional areas that they did not scan while they were here. Um, so we think it's fantastic that you folks are coming up and doing the additional scans because we want to make sure that this house is completely ruled out. If she's here, we want to make sure that we find her. And what did they uh, search or scan with uh, Fred and his uh, people? Yeah, so basically they scanned the uh, the slab outside, which we found out was larger than we had originally uh, thought. It's actually about 20 by 23 feet. And uh, they so they scanned that a couple weeks ago, and then they also scanned the uh, closet on the first floor of the house. Okay, and what did they scan there? Uh, basically uh, the cement you know, the cement floor within the closet. So were they able to get a reading on that concrete floor in the closet right away? Yeah, so on that one, he was able to tell us right away because my exact comment to him was, am I going to be able to sleep tonight? And he came back and said, you are absolutely fine. There is nothing under here except for a pipe that is normal under your home. So on that one, he was able to give us right away because there's not as much information under, you know, that portion. Whereas with the slab, there is, um, it's rather large. Um, our yard is very rocky, and so they are trying to determine um, any abnormalities that they may have seen in the slab, if it's anything that they need to be concerned about. It was a really incredible moment when we were looking at the slab and we started brushing it off and we were taking the shovel and, and brooms and and clearing it off and it just kept getting bigger and bigger and I started to think oh wow we originally described this as like 10 by 10 or 12 by 12 it turned out to be about double that and it had these holes these PVC reinforced holes in the in the slab another thing we also discovered through the GPR scan was that there's only rebar on the outer portions of the slab itself nothing in the middle which is kind of odd what does that mean uh, we're really not sure. So that's, that's that's like 
the the reinforcements in the concrete, meaning whatever was built on top of that only needed reinforcements on the outsides? Correct. Right, and you had mentioned that when we were trying to figure it out all together, you had sent us some pictures and asked my opinion on that. That very well could be the case. Um, I don't have children, but I would assume that if I had children, I wouldn't let them play on a jungle gym that's on concrete because that's just an accident waiting to happen. But that's just my thoughts. So we're not certain what it is because all the holes that you mentioned, they are all over the slab and there's no really no rhyme or reason to them. So we're not even sure why. And there was a construction individual up here with Fred um, the day that the scan took place, and he called it a... He called it a, a monolithic slab, which I guess is a type of slab that they use to, you know, put, you know, larger structures on for support. Like fire towers and stuff like that. But it also, when they were scanning it, they thought it was um, kind of interesting that there was no rebar in the middle. Like, there's nothing in the middle at all. Which you would expect there to be some rebar in the middle if you're building some sort of tower coming from the middle. When you look at those holes, if a tower were to be built there, it would have been built in those holes, which is towards the middle. It's very, that, that is very strange. Maybe that's why there's nothing there, because it fell down. Maybe. <laughs> I remember uh, showing the pictures of the concrete to the company that we have in New York, who's coming up, and first thing our guy said was that looks super old. It absolutely looks old. The other thing is, too, it's really thick. It doesn't look like a normal um, foundation that I've ever seen. Um, it's, what, 8 or 10 it's inches? 12, 12, yeah, 12 inches thick. Were they able to determine, because I remember we measured that Were they at the corner, were they able to determine that that thickness was consistent throughout? I don't believe so. Cool. And it's also interesting to point out that no permit was actually pulled for the construction of that slab, which is kind of also odd. But also, the way that the slab is um, laid out, it doesn't seem like it would have been a garage. It's kind of on a weird angle to the house to the side. And um, online, it states that it's in the backyard, but it's actually on the side of our house. It's not in a convenient spot to pull a car into. No, not at all. Anything else on the property that uh, struck you as strange? Oh, yeah. So... A couple of days ago, I was walking around the, you know, the, the lawn outside, and I noticed that uh, I found three padlocks that were, you know, locked um, all together, just sitting out there. They were all rusted. I thought that was kind of odd. And then Chrissy was also walking around the property. Yeah, so I was outside with the dogs, bringing them out, and I saw um, a piece of wood in the backyard, and I said to Joel, I'm like, I wonder what that's from. He's like... More importantly, I wonder what that is. And I looked over into the woods right behind our tree line um, to our cleared yard. And there is um, what looks to us like another concrete slab. Um, I immediately took pictures and sent them over to you guys because I didn't know that you guys were still playing come to the house. But it is a rectangle shape. Don't think it's a rock because I've never seen a rock in this shape before. Um, and it's, it's pretty thick and it's about, I would say my height, I'm about five, 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 six. So it's at least my height, I would say. And it's probably two, two and a half feet wide. Now, when you say it's your height, that you mean it's your height as in you laying down long. Yes. And about two and a half feet thick. It's probably about, 
I mean, I don't know how thick it is because I don't know if it goes into the ground. Uh, it's probably about two and a half feet wide. So it would cut, like if I laid down on top of it, I could lay probably in it. What about uh, the downstairs closet? Um, have you guys been using that much, or uh, how's that going? We have not really used it too much. We were traveling full-time last year in an RV, so we sold everything. So we're starting out from scratch in this house right now with the bare minimum. Um, so we've just got some shoes and stuff in there right now, so it's pretty much an empty closet. Now, when I was there, Joel, you shared with me your opinion on what could have been in the closet. And, you know, in this community, there's a bunch of nefarious theories about what's happened in this closet. But the first thing you said to me was probably the most realistic thing I've ever heard. Care to share that? Yeah. So basically, I mean, I, like you said, I've heard a bunch of different theories on what this closet was used for. But basically, in this particular closet, it's all uh, sealed with caulking. So there's no light that can get in, and there's also a, a light fixture about halfway up the wall, which is obviously not normal. And on the outside, there is a uh, fixture for a padlock to put on. So my uh, theory is that it was used to grow marijuana. I think that's pretty logical. It's interesting when you look at that closet and you say, here's theory one that I read online that has to do with uh, more Murray or cadaver dogs. And as you're looking at the closet, you go, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then when you're looking at the closet and someone says, oh, you could gl totally grow marijuana in there. You put a light up there. Here's where you can screw one in on the wall about halfway up and there's a padlock. And you go, oh, oh, okay. That's probably the case. Would you guys be open to letting us do some searching in that closet? Absolutely. Um, my thought on that closet is, I mean, we've already done the the floor, but there's paneling in there. And my, my first thought when I saw the closet and Joel and I were talking about it was, could they have put something behind those walls? And so absolutely have at it. Go behind those walls and take a look and see what's back there. Well, funny you should mention that because the company we're using, they are bringing those cameras uh, that can go through a hole, which they will drill, and they will fill the hole in the wall. But they will drill the hole in, they will send the camera in, and we'll be able to see anything that is located within the wall on a screen outside. So we will be doing a complete sort of interior scope of that wall. Perfect. That's, you know, that sounds great. Any other areas or anything that you guys can think to search? I know Lance had mentioned um, when he was up here, we have in one of the front rooms, there is a, what kind of wall is that? Cinder block, a cinder block wall that goes up against um, the closet, essentially. And so we definitely think that area should be checked, as well as the slab. I mean, we obviously, um, as mentioned previously, want this case solved, want closure for the family. So we have opened up our house completely to you folks to come in and search every little crevice of this home and get any anything that you need to help solve this case, you have at it. So Was that one of the determining factors when you two were looking into the home to buy it, that you would buy it and have the opportunity to 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 contribute? 
No. I mean, we bought the house because we loved the house and we saw the potential with the house. And it was in the White Mountains, which is where we wanted to be. And then once we realized the significance of the house, knowing that there's a family out there that does not have closure with their daughter and this home could potentially hold answers, we did not feel right being in this house and not allowing Fred or you folks access to come in and do your due diligence to make sure that there's nothing here that can solve this case. That's great. That's a great way to look at it because that's something that Tim and I have trained ourselves to do early on was not try to work your theory, you know, to make it work, but to eliminate uh, any possibility that a location or a person had something to do with it. And the A-frame has become its own character in this. And it would be great to just take a couple of days and thoroughly vet that entire location, which is awesome that they brought another GPR company. What about the pond in the back of your guys's property? Uh, I heard rumors that that had been searched too. So we didn't even know there was a pond back there until um, Fred's friend came and told us about it. And then we have since seen all that information online. I personally haven't gone through those woods, so I have not seen the pond. Um, I do know that they were able to get out there and scan it um, with sonar, and they had divers, um, I believe, sometime in May. But they went through another property um, down the road who had better access to the pond off of their property directly. Excellent. And this is the same company that scanned the slab? Yes. So our understanding is it's their sonar division, which is the division that found the Titanic. That is our understanding with it. And did they find anything in that pond? We do not know. Now, how hard is it to get lost in the woods out there? Because we tried to find that pond. Joel and I walked out into the, into the woods behind the house looking for this small body of water. Care to talk about the experience we had? You know, we went back there. We couldn't locate it. So we decided to turn around and uh, we kind of got lost for a little while. <laughs> and ended up down the road from the house itself. Which was, it was sort of like this weird, you know, Bermuda Triangle of, of the area because you had pointed out this hunter's nest that was up in a tree and you basically said, okay, well, on the way back, we'll look for the hunter's nest and we'll know that it's pretty much straight back from the hunter's nest that's in the tree. And we never saw that again. And we, I thought we were walking in the right direction. I thought we were hooking around and we were going to pop back out, if not behind the house but really close to the house and I, I think we were like maybe 75 yards 100 yards or so on the street uh, uh, like away from the house so is it safe to say that you guys entered some kind of vortex in the backyard of that house that would be an accurate statement <laughs> <laughs> yeah when we came out on the street all the cars were like 1930 like model t's <laughs> gas was gas was 13 cents okay well thank you christina and joel so much for uh being being the people that you are and allowing us to search and the Maurice to search and for this community to to try to get some answers. Um, it's it's so important, and we can't thank you enough. Yeah, absolutely. Anything that we can do, we'll do it. I mean, obviously, within reason, we don't want random people just showing up to our property. But like we said to Fred and to you guys and um, to Maggie, we just want to help get this solved. And if our home will help that, then we will open it up to be searched, to have the ground looked into, to have the slabs looked into. We just want to be able to provide closure if she is here. That's fantastic. And it's also a little bit surreal listening to that 
knowing the history and experiencing the history of this case and and frankly the people that live in the area around her accident and how closed off most of them are so to hear that is a huge bit of refreshment for us and the opportunity is going to be significant i believe uh once we're done with this i guess my only my only thing with us opening up our home is that we're not concerned with you or the murrays um we're more concerned about the community at large um with people passing by I am a member of the Facebook groups, Reddit. I'm out there. I'm seeing what's being posted. There are people that are on vacation up here. There are locals who are driving by. The only thing that I ask is that not only for my sake, but for all the other folks who are living in homes of question to this case as well, just respect our privacy. Um, we are more than willing to work with authorities and the family and you folks, but don't post our address online. It's out there. Don't take pictures of people's homes and repost them. Um, posting new pictures of the homes is not going to solve anything. Homes have changed in 14 years, so looking at a home, you're not going to get any new details. Um, we just ask for privacy and allow us to work with the appropriate folks to try and solve this case. Well said. Well said. Yeah, and and you guys have those dogs, which I experienced. They... They're nice enough, but they're there to protect you. Um, so anyone listening, if if you're going to go knock on the door. They will bite your face off. You, they will probably keep Have you ever seen Cujo? Yeah, we do have two uh, pretty big dogs. So um, that you know that is something to keep in mind, that and the security system that we do have up right now. So Right. And will you be sending any of those uh, pictures? If anyone, say, knocks on your door, would you send those uh, video stills to law enforcement? Absolutely. If people are showing up on our property um, without our consent, we will absolutely go to the authorities because we don't want our this is our home. We don't want it tampered with. And if for chance there is information here that could lead to solving this case, we don't want outsiders tampering with any evidence either. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.